thing, but one receiveth the prize, so run that you may obtain. Then he goes on to expound on that sentence where he says, and every man that striveth for the mastery. Now, what is the mastery? It means to, to master some kind of skill. And to be able to master that skill so that one could obtain the prize. Uh, they say that in training it is uh, for the Olympic Games. It's something that is uh, very in-depth. It requires a great amount of discipline. It requires a, a great um, amount of training to get your body to the place where that it can endure the race and to be able to obtain the uh, gold, if you will, or uh, the prize that is set before them. But yet, Paul says, and every man that striveth for the mastery is temperate in all things. What does that mean, that he is disciplined in all things, that he has tempered himself to the point that he or she is able to be able to endure whatever is thrown at them so that they can obtain that which they choose to reach for. He said, now they do it for a corruptible crown, but we an incorruptible in page 457 of Bible Manor and Customs, there is something here I want to quote, and I quote, every competitor in these games was obliged to undergo a severe and protracted training, sometimes lasting nearly a year, during the which time he carefully avoided excesses of every kind. We're referring to the ancient Olympic Games in Greece. A passage from Epictetus so beautifully illustrates this text that is cited by most commentators. Quote, would you be a victor in the Olympic Games? So in good truth would I, for it is a glorious thing. But pray consider that you must go before and what may follow, and so proceed to the attempt. You must then live by rule. Eat what will be disagreeable. Refrain from delicacies. You must oblige yourself to constant exercises at the appointed hour. In heat and in cold, you must obtain from or abstain, rather, from wine and cold liquors. In a word, you must be submissive to all the directions of your master as to those of a physician, unquote. And so it was that these competitors, they would begin to train, and not only would they train their bodies, but they would also train their minds. According to this same book, it says that the uh, Olympic crown was made of leaves of the wild olive. And this is the sort of crown that Paul refers to when he makes the mention of a corruptible crown. But yet, Paul goes on, he says, I Therefore, so run, 
not as uncertainly. I run with certain understanding. I run with purpose. I am not just out here running a race just because I have nothing better to do. But rather I am running with divine purpose, he says. I so therefore run not as uncertainly. Then he says, so fight I not as one that beateth the air. You know, when they get into training to fight those fights, a boxing match, they'll get that whatever that big thing is. Somebody that's into all that understands they hang it from a chain and uh, it's some kind of a dummy, I think, is what they call that thing. And it's full of sand or whatever. It's hanging from a chain. And those men that, or women, whichever the case may be, decide that they want to involve themselves in this competition. They'll put on their boxing gloves and they'll begin to fight, not with a person, but it's as if beating the air. They're, they're fighting this punching bag, if you will. And they'll hit that thing and fight at it. And then, and, uh, and then there's this other little thing that's a little smaller that hangs on somewhat of a, a swivel. What's that called, brother? Okay, we'll go with that. Praise the Lord. Speed bag. And it's about yay big around. And it's hanging up high. And this is not necessarily for to understand or to measure the the uh, velocity of the punch, but rather of the speed of the punch. And so you'll see them hitting that thing, and they're making that thing just flop back and forth real fast. And and they're trained for hours doing all of these things, and and they're training their bodies and their minds so that when the time comes and they stand before their opponent, they understand they're going to take some hard licks, and the, they understand that they're going to uh, uh, they're going to be hurt, and uh, things are going to happen that's going to be painful. But yet they have uh, already trained their minds and their bodies uh, to be able to fight against the opponent, uh, so that they could win uh, a corruptible prize. Paul said, "So fight I." but not as one that fights without purpose, one that would just beat the air, but I keep under my body and bring it into subjection, lest by any means that when I have preached to others that I myself should become a castaway. He said, I keep my body under subjection lest I find myself in a place that I could be up preaching and find myself being more lost than those that I'm preaching to. He said, I run a race and I fight a battle and I bring my body under subjection and submission to God Almighty. Many times it's painful to run this race. It's not to the swift, but those that endure to the end is what the word of the Lord tells us. To endure does not always mean to enjoy. 
There are good times. I, I don't want to be a negative preacher and tell you that you're, you're always going to have to struggle and you're always going to have to fight and you're always going to have bad times. That is incorrect. There are good times with serving the Lord. In fact, my, 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 uh, my worst days are, are better than the, than the best days that I, that I did not serve the Lord simply because I understand that the Lord is with me. He said, Lo, I'm with you always. Even to the end of the world, I'm with you. I'll be with you through the hard times. I'll be there. I'll be walking with you. I, I, I want to walk with you. And sometimes we think, God, where are you? The Lord said, I'm always with you. You don't have to worry. It doesn't matter whether or not you feel God walking with you. That's not the requirement. But to have the knowledge and to trust God, even when you can't feel the presence of God, that you know that he's still there. Because the Lord knows that we're struggling in this world. That we're doing everything that we can to make it to the other side. To please God in everything that we do. And we're fighting a fight. And we're running a race. And the Lord said, I'll be with you through it all. Aren't you glad that the Lord Lord is with you in the battle, in the good times, in the bad. The writer in Hebrews commanded us lay aside near about all the weights. Is that the way that reads, Brother Charles? Just the important ones. The bigger ones. The ones that bother us the most. Hang on to the ones that's, oh, that you can handle. Is he always as stubborn, Sister Teresa? Pretty much. Praise God. Hallelujah. We got a confession today. Amen. It's all right. I wanted to be stubborn. It comes the word of the Lord. Amen. Lay aside, not just pert near all, but every single weight. Now, what is a weight? A weight is something that is not necessarily a sin of itself. It's just something that drags you down. Something that can affect your discipline to serve God. And if you allow it, it will cause you great grief. Now, to keep those weights in of themselves is not the sin. But when those sins cause you to begin to lose ground and you begin to slow down, and then before long, you start looking around. And then after a while, you don't just look around. I'll just take me a rest right here. I'll catch up. Y'all go on ahead, and I'll catch up later. It reminds me of the scriptures in, in uh, Psalm chapter 1, Blessed is the man that... Walketh not in the way of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of the sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. He was walking, and then before long, 
He quit walking. First mistake. Well, I just don't have hardly strength to put one foot in front of the other. You trust God for that next step. And you keep walking. I feel so bad. I feel so low. I feel so terrible. Just keep walking. Just keep walking. Because you see, the Lord is with you. And when you stop walking, the Lord leaves. And he keeps on going because he's going to go in the will that he wants you to go. And but still, but when you stop walking, you get out of the will of God and you stop and you're standing now in the way of the sin. And suddenly, Sister Twilight, the things that you didn't see before now become clear because you've slowed down long enough. To look around, stand in the way of the sinner, and then before long, I think I'll sit down in the seat of the scornful. Paul said, I'm running a race. The writer of Hebrews is generally attributed to Paul, not 100%, but I tend to think it is, Paul. There's a lot of his style there. But the writer says that we need to lay aside every weight. Lay it aside. That means that's something that God does not take from you. Oh, God, take this sin from me. God's not going to take it till you give it to him. You've got to let go. A lot of times we got a death grip on stuff that's troubling us and we're calling on God. Oh, God, would you help me? And you hanging on to it the whole time. God says, you got your hand on it. If you're not going to let go of it, I'm not going to take it. God's not going to take something that you're not going to let go of. But if we lay aside every weight... See, you know what? You know what? I don't need this. This I've been carrying around, and you know what? It's slowing me down. And I'm going to lay that down right there. And then after a while, you're going to think, you know what? I'm still, I'm not moving like I should. Let me reevaluate again. You know what? This weight right here, I, I think I could do without that too. And uh, you know what? This other weight here, I've been carrying it a long, long time. I'm going to lay that down. And before long, you look back and you discover that the weight becomes the sin that does so easily beset you. The weight becomes a sin. The weight was not a sin in the beginning. But when it started slowing you down and affecting you and causing you to slip into some kind of situation where your eyes are open to temptation and you slow down long enough to look Suddenly the weight becomes sin. So we find in Scripture, Paul speaking of the Olympic Games. He says, Now, know you not that they which run a race, run in a race, run all. But one receiveth the prize. So run that you may obtain. They say that during the Olympic Games, they wouldn't wear any additional clothing that was necessary. That they would remove every piece of unnecessary attire that would slow them down. So that they could not be distracted by anything other than their goal. And a lot of times, 
It's not that we don't love God. It's not that we don't care about the things of God. But oftentimes, so many things in life just kind of pile in on top of us. And if we allow them to remain in our spirit and allow them to distract us before long, we'll find ourselves getting off course and wandering off on this pig trail or wandering off on that pig trail. Before long, we have left our goals, and now we find ourselves out of the will of God, and we get away from God, and suddenly now, even though it was tough before, it's tougher now because we found ourselves in a place that it's difficult to hear from God. Why? Because uh, you're out of the will of God. You left the trail a long time ago because you just allowed the weights to distract you. You allowed things to get in your way and now you find yourself wandering off into some kind of place and now you're completely out of the will of God and that my friend is how people lose out with God on a daily basis. But I'm running a race. And the Lord is constantly teaching me how to uh, strive for the mastery. That there are times that, uh, that I, I don't understand why that the Lord allows this or allowed that, but it's teaching me to hone my skills so that I can much better reach the goal that is necessary for me to reach. I, 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 I'm still running and I, I, I'm doing everything I know to do and I, somewhere along the line I discover, you know, well, you know what? Uh, this right here, it's been in my way for a long time. I, I didn't realize that I allowed this to remain in my system. I, Oh, God, help me to purge that. I've got to get that out of my system because it's affecting me and my route. and It's affecting my goals. It's affecting my discipline. Come on, somebody. We're running a race, and we're headed for the finish line. It won't be long now. It won't be long now. Are you ready to cross the finish line and hear the Lord say, well done. You know, God's not going to lie to you. How many believe the Lord's going to tell you the truth? You reckon he's going to tell you well done if you ain't done well? Reckon he'll call you good and faithful if you ain't been good nor have you been faithful. Reckon he'll call you a servant You've not been a servant. I don't think so. But I long to hear the Lord say, well good, well done, thou good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over a few things, now I'm going to make you rule over many. Enter thou into the joys of the Lord. I realize that things are getting to the point of desperation in our society. We don't know what we're facing right now with this newest wave that is coming against us of this, this pandemic. We struggled with it for a good while last year. And now here it comes again, another variant. And those that caught it didn't exempt you how nice Ain't it irritating to have to go through that garbage and think, you know, I could go through it all over again? Ain't that nice? And we find ourselves looking down the, 
the barrel of a loaded gun called COVID-19 2.0. We now have a different government in charge that would love nothing better to seize control and to take advantage and to take certain liberties away all in the name of protecting us from the pandemic. We're in desperate times. In the next six months, we don't know as this pandemic begins to rise. And I, you know, I don't believe in focusing on negative things, but I, I want to address it. As the pandemic begins to arise, things could begin to be put in place by our government, our federal government, even our state government, that would begin to restrict us to the point that would begin to wonder if we're Americans or not. Putting pressure in the last days, but yet still in the last days, in spite of all of these things that we're facing, and that's on top of normal stuff that we had to deal with already. And you think, my God, Lord, what on earth are we facing? I'll tell you what we're going to do. We're going to keep right on running. And we're going to say, God, now you reveal to me, Lord, if there's something in my life that I need to get rid of. If there's something, Lord, that I've clung to that should give, be taken away, Lord, that would cause me to, to lose my, my grip and to lose my goal. I, I want to make it all the way in. I want to make it all the way. Oh, I, I don't want to just get 99.9% .9 of the way and, and then the Lord tell me, well, you know, you did well. You did run well, but yet there's one thing thou lackest. How would you like to run a race and get down to the end and the judges say, well, you know, if you had just done this one extra thing, you'd have been the, you'd been the one. You'd, you'd, you'd made it. You'd got the prize. But because you didn't do this one extra thing, you lose. What's going to happen when people stand before the Lord and and they say, well, what about all these wonderful things we did in your name? We cast out devils in your name. We uh, prayed for the sick and they were healed in your name. We, we went to church in your name. And, and uh, we, we did all of these things in your name. And the Lord's going to look at you and he's going to say, there's just one thing you lack. Depart from me, you workers of iniquity. I, I really never knew you. You were short just a little bit. You, you were lacking of something. Something came short, and I didn't know you. We're coming to the finish line. We've heard it preached all of our lives. I don't know how long we've got. It could be before the sun sets. It could be God knows how long. I, I, I really, I, I, I'm not going to be foolish to try to figure out when the Lord's coming back. Jesus in his flesh did not even know. Read it. It's there. But oh, 
It says in First Thessalonians. Let's read it again. I just love breaking in a new Bible. All the pages stick together. Praise the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. First Thessalonians 4. Helps to be in the right book. Praise God. Amen. So I would not have you ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep, that you sorrow not, even as others which have no hope. You know, that's what's wrong with a lot of folks today in our world. They have no hope. But we have hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, how many believe that? Do you believe that he died and rose again? Even so, them which are asleep in Jesus will God bring with him. It's not the end. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, which they we are uh, which are alive remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, with the trump of God and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. I'm going to tell you, no matter how bad it gets, you need to reread these scriptures. When it gets tougher and your world begins to collapse around you and things begin to get to a point, you think, I don't know how much more that I could stand. Read these verses again. Oh, the Lord shall himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever, <laughs> so shall we ever be with the Lord. We're at the finish line, folks. We're there. It won't be long now. Time is coming to an end. Things are looking bad. You put yourself and your faith in in your federal government or your state government. And you know, thank God for the Lone Star State. Thank God for the Republic of Texas. Uh, you know, I wasn't born in Texas, but I got here as quick as I could. But I can't put my faith in the Republic of Texas because men will fail you and things are going to come to a conclusion. I love the United States of America. It's still the best thing on the planet Earth. We've done great things as a nation. Got our faults. Lord knows she's got her faults. But she's still the best thing, but yet still the shameful things that are being done now. I had my neighbor talking to me. You, some of you met Miss Gail. 
And she was so sincere, and I believe she was. She said, you know, said, there's two things that I'm, I'm very much against, and, and one of them is, is abortion. She said, I'm very much against abortion. She said, I've been involved in, in uh, uh, working against that in different ways. She said, I'm just, I'm very much against that. And I thought, Miss Gail, I agree there's some horrible things being done in our nation. But when it comes down to it, you've got to put your faith in God. Because we're at the finish line. And you know what? When we go through hardships, the disciples, they rejoiced that they were able to suffer. It's something I think that we're having to learn as a body of believers. You're going to have to learn this, this learning curve. This part of learning the mastery of the skill. What skill? The skill of being able to run the race. We're having to master that skill. How do I master that skill? By learning to understand that hard times is honing your skill. That they're not sent to, dis to destroy you nor torment you. They're allowed for one purpose in mind. And that's to prepare you for the finish line. Hey, there's a finish line. Some of us may get there before others because there's the dead in Christ. Their finish line may be a little quicker than yours. But they've made themselves faithful. And they're now awaiting the trumpet sound just like you and I. But for the rest that remain alive, there's still a finish line. There's still a, a final goal. And if we cannot learn how to hone the skill of how to run the race, I sent you a text yesterday 